Let's get started. Welcome to PT Pinecast. Today we're diving into an extraordinary topic that transcends the conventional bounds of our profession. We're diving headfirst into the mind-bending world of negotiation with lessons from the one and only Chris Voss, author of Never Split the Difference, Negotiate Like Your Life Depends on It. Now, this topic might not sound like it makes any sense whatsoever for people in healthcare to listen to, but once you hear what I have to say and what Chris is teaching, it'll make total sense. And in my opinion, you'll be angry you didn't learn these lessons years ago. Now, imagine walking into your clinic or stepping into your next eval armed, not just with a goniometer and a reflex hammer, but with a master negotiator's mindset. Now, Chris Voss, the author I mentioned, was a former FBI hostage negotiator. He throws a lifeline to anybody who's ever felt like they were drowning in a sea of difficult patients, insurance negotiations, or just trying to get your grandma to agree to use her walker. Now, I know what you're thinking. What can the physical therapist learn from a guy who talks people out of life and death situations? As it turns out, we can learn a whole lot. And here's why. Because every conversation is a negotiation for information. Write that down. Now that's true in healthcare and in life. Now much like in Voss's high stakes negotiation scenarios, it's about understanding the human element in each patient's and person's fears, goals, and how to guide them towards a breakthrough, be it in their joints or in their mindset. Now buckle up as we bring these tactics off the pages of his bestseller and into the treatment room, showing you how every conversation is just a pivot step in the dance of negotiation, whether you're discussing treatment options or who's bringing donuts to the next staff meeting. So let's get our learn on and maybe crack a smile or two as we dive deep into the art of negotiation, Voss style, tailored for the world of healthcare. This is PT Pinecast. All right, guys, let's kick off six things every physical therapist needs to know about negotiation. First up on our list is the power of tactical empathy. Tactical empathy. Those words, I'm not sure if I've ever heard those together before I read Chris's book, but here's what tactical empathy is. It's the skill of understanding your patient's feelings and perspective beyond just their words. It's about genuinely connecting with their emotional state. When I first heard of tactical empathy, I thought, well, it's, it's like motivational interviewing or it's like active listening. Yes, and active listening along with validation. Now, validating your patient's emotions and fears. Here's why it works. Tactical empathy goes beyond active listening and builds a deeper trust and connection, making patients feel valued and understood. Now that alone can significantly improve treatment adherence and outcomes because the patient's in the driver's seat and it's about them. That was the big nugget I took away about tactical empathy. Now I get it, you're a smart physical therapist and you know a lot and you care deeply, but this needs to be about them or they likely won't accept it. Now here's how you use tactical empathy with your patients. During evaluations or treatments, focus more on listening than talking. Encourage patients 
to express their thoughts and feelings and respond with empathy and understanding. Here's an example. I want you to wrap your head around this. Picture uh, Mike, a marathon runner with a knee injury. He's afraid of never running again. By listening to his fears and understanding his emotional state, you tailor a plan that addresses those fears in helping him regain confidence in his recovery. Remember, somebody who's a marathon runner, I mean, running is part of their identity. So to make sure that they understand why it is you're doing all these things you're gonna ask, ask, ask them to do, not tell them, but ask, it needs to be tied to their emotional state. So that's number one on our list, the power of tactical empathy. Number two on our list is a powerful two-word phrase, and here it is, that's right. Why is it so powerful? Here's why. This phrase is about getting a patient to feel affirmed and understood through your acknowledgement of their situation or emotions. It's a verbal nod that shows you're on the same page. Remember, you're trying to get them to say, that's right, and not you're right. You wanna have the thing that they're agreeing with to be the idea and not you. A lot of times in healthcare, we know that patients will sometimes agree with us, at least in front of us, because people can be people pleasers. Now here's that skiller idea. Make sure to use acknowledgement to create a moment of connection and understanding. Why does that's right work? Well, it validates the patient's feelings and experiences, making them more open to cooperation and less defensive. Now, how do you employ it? Well, in conversations, actively listen to your patients and then verbally affirm their feelings or struggles with phrases like, that's right, or I can see how that would be difficult for you. Here's a quick example. Sarah, who has been through multiple back surgeries, is doubtful about physical therapy. Sound familiar? When you repeat and affirm her concerns, she feels understood. Now that creates a pivot point towards a more positive therapeutic relationship or a more positive therapeutic alliance. So remember that two word phrase, it's powerful. That's right, that I'm right, you're right, but that's right. Number three, beware yes and master no. This concept involves encouraging patients to express their true feelings and concerns, even if it involves saying no to certain suggestions or exercises. Embracing no as a starting point for deeper dialogue and more personalized treatment. Here's why it works. Embracing no helps uncover the patient's true concerns or fears, leading to a more effective and individualized treatment plan. And I know what you're thinking. In sales techniques way back when, we were always taught, get them to say yes. Once they're in the habit of saying yes, it's contagious. But a lot of times, people wanna hide in that no. So how do you employ it? Encourage patients to be honest about their feelings towards suggestion exercises or treatment plans. Respect and explore their hesitation or refusals. Here's an example. Tom, usually agreeable, hesitantly declines a proposed exercise, revealing his fear of pain. This leads to a customized program that aligns with his comfort level enhancing his progress. Just getting him to agree wasn't going to get the result. Embrace that no and master it and beware of yes. Lesson number four, calibrated questions. 
Now, using open-ended questions to encourage patients to articulate their goals, fears, and challenges. Here's the idea. Crafting questions that make patients think deeply and express themselves more clearly gets more. Why does it work? Well, it engages the patient in their own recovery process, helping them to uncover and articulate their true needs and concerns. How can you use it? Ask questions that require more than a yes or no answer, such as what challenges are you facing with your exercises at home? Or what are your main concerns about this treatment plan right now? Quick example, uh, Lisa struggling with her home exercise program for chronic shoulder pain. She reveals she's overwhelmed by the complexity. Simplifying her program based on this insight leads to improved adherence and outcomes. Really what it improves is clarity. And remember, confused people don't. I love that little nugget. Confused people don't. Confused people don't do their exercises. Confused people don't come back to your clinic. Confused people don't. Asking open-ended questions lets you, as the therapist, realize where that confusion or disconnection might be. Number five on our list, creating the illusion of control. Here's what it is. This technique involves allowing patients to feel they are in control of their recovery by offering guided choices. Here's the idea. Giving patients a sense of agency in their treatment decisions allows patients to feel in control and patients who feel in control are more engaged and more committed to their own treatment plan. Here's how you use it. Offer choices within the treatment plan and explain the benefits of each option, allowing the patient to make informed decisions. It's a little like bowling with guardrails. You just want them to get the ball down the lane. How it gets there is up to them, but the decisions that you're allowing them to choose from are all safe. Quick example, Steve, a young athlete with an ACL injury, chooses between stability exercises and gentle plyometrics. This empowers him, boosting his engagement in his recovery. Instead of saying, this is what we're doing, giving someone a choice can lead to better connection. Finally, number six on our list, the accusation audit. Here's what it is. The strategy involves addressing and diffusing potential negative emotions or objections at the beginning of a conversation. This technique anticipates and acknowledges patient objections upfront to foster open dialogue and remove bullets from the gun. Now here's why it works. It eases patient concerns and breaks down barriers to effective communication. To use it, start conversations by acknowledging potential negative thoughts. Don't hide them, bring them out first. You can also do this with objections that the patient might have about physical therapy. Here's a quick example. Emma, reluctant to start physical therapy at all for chronic neck pain, is approached with, you might be wondering if PT is just another dead end. This upfront acknowledgement opens a productive conversation and willingness to engage in the suggested treatment plan. Embrace that accusation audit. As we draw this episode to a close, take a quick moment to reflect on the profound insights we explored today, inspired by the negotiation expertise of Chris Voss. Tactical empathy showed us the power of deeply understanding our patients, not just their conditions, but their fears, hopes, and context of their lives. We learned how the simple affirmation of that's right can transform the therapeutic alliance, creating a foundation of agreement that fosters collaboration and healing. 
By embracing no, we've seen how it can serve as a starting point for genuine dialogue, enabling us to tailor treatment plans that resonate deeply with our patients' true concerns. Calibrated questions have the potential to unlock our patients' motivations, fears, and priorities, guiding us to more effectively address the crux of their rehabilitation challenges. We recognize the significance of creating the illusion of control, empowering our patients to take an active role in their recovery journey, thereby enhancing their commitment to the process of rehabilitation. And finally, that accusation audit reminded us to preemptively address unspoken fears and objections. Don't hide them. Bringing them up front paves the way for more open and productive interactions. Remember, these lessons aren't just tactics, but invitations to engage with our patients on a level that goes beyond physical healing. They're tools to facilitate a deeper connection, build trust, and ultimately guide our patients through their journey to recovery with compassion and understanding. So as you jump back into the clinic, carry these lessons with you. Let them inform your practice, your conversations, and your approach to every challenge. And never forget, at the heart of every patient interaction is an opportunity, not just to negotiate a plan of care, but to navigate a path to better health. This is PT Pinecast, and I'm your host, Jimmy McKay, signing off. Remember, the conversation continues beyond the podcast. Connect with me on social media at PT Pinecast and share your stories of how negotiation has shaped your approach to physical therapy. They say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours.